talk to you today about a little bit about revival. 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 Somebody say revival. Okay. And basically, let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 41. So my wife and I, we're going to tag team together. And uh, as my wife mentioned, my wife is a powerful preacher. And um, she, she preached a lot in, in the previous temple. And we've been doing so much in this new temple. And I just miss hearing her voice and miss hearing her pour into the house. So um, Acts chapter 2 verse 41. It says, then they, were, then they gladly received his word and were baptized. By the way, today we're going to have baptisms in the second service, all right? And it says, and the same day they were added about 3,000 souls. How many? And it says, and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together. Say together. Together. And I had all things in common, and sold their possessions and their goods, and parted them to all men as they had need. And they continuing daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate meat with gladness and signalness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. How many can say amen? Amen. So how many believe that God is a God of revival? Amen. Yes. What does it mean to have revival? Revival is when something is dead and comes back to life. Reviving is when God brings to life passion and hunger and love for him. What does revival look like? A revival is when someone's heart is dead and the Holy Spirit comes inside, transforms them with the love of God, and we become lit, we become on fire, we become passionate, we become in love with Jesus. Has anybody ever been revived by God? Amen. So one of the greatest examples in the Bible of revival is in this chapter, Acts chapter 2, verse 41. The very first preaching, Jesus dies, he rises from the dead, and then he tells him, hey, wait in a big, in a room called the upper room, and the Father is going to send the Holy Ghost. He's going to fill you guys up, and you guys are going to be my witnesses to the world. And so Jesus says, come on now, Jesus says, just wait. Everybody say, wait. Wait. So as they're in the upper room, Holy Ghost fills them, and fire falls down. They start speaking in a whole new tongue, Holy Ghost tongue, and Peter stands up and preaches his first message. And the Bible says they were making fun of them. They like, look at these dudes intoxicated, full of wine, speaking crazy nonsense. And Peter says, hey, this is not nonsense. These men and women have been intoxicated not by an earthly wine, but by heaven's supernatural power. Amen. And they've been full of this supernatural power in such a way that now Peter says, hey, you crucified the Lord. This man went from running away from Jesus when he died, to now saying, every single one of you, you've crucified the Lord. Now, imagine the guts he had to have. He denied Jesus three times. He fled and abandoned the Lord. And now he is telling 3,000 people, you crucified the Lord of glory. Where did he get the boldness from? He got the boldness from the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. However, I want you to see one of the signs 
of revival. The very first thing that happened, everybody, I want all my leaders to listen to this. After they received the Lord, verse 42, they continued in fellowship. Write this down. Revival without connection is not revival. Come on, people, you're hearing me. Let me say it again. Revival without connection is not revival. What does that mean? There are people that think, right now an evangelist will come from out of town and say, let's have a revival week. What does he mean or she? They mean we're going to pray for miracles and healings and salvation. That's great. I believe in it. Absolutely. But the Bible says after they got saved, they were together every day. They broke bread. They were eating together. They were fellowship. You know what that means? They connected. Everybody say connect. Connect. They were connecting. What does revival look like? Revival looks like a church that's become a family. Are you hearing me? Revival looks like a house that now becomes a community, a family. Write this down. What does the word fellowship mean? The word fellowship in Greek is koinonia. And the word koinonia, that's K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. And the Greek word means to partner, associate, share, to have something in common with someone. And it means to be made complete. I like that last word, complete. Everybody say complete. Look at your neighbor and say, you complete me. You complete me. Because the word fellowship means that without you, my sister in Christ, I'm incomplete. God completes us in fellowship. So what do normally churches do? This is what normally churches do. They come on Sunday, and you don't see them the rest of the week. That's not revival. Are you hearing me? Revival looks like this. They're together. That's why one of the main reasons why I opened up that gym with Samir and our team and Gabby, you know why? It's because we believe in community. We believe that the church is supposed to be a community. Watch this. Write this down. Revival and community go hand in hand. People think the bigger the church gets, the more you lose community. And I would argue that is not true. Because the Bible had 3,000 people get saved and they were tighter than anywhere else. Are you hearing me? Then 5,000 get saved in another chapter. And it says they were together and they were breaking bread and they were together and they would preach together. And they would love. That is what revival looks like. When revival takes place in your heart, you want to love people. You want to be with people. You want to share with people. You want to spend time with people. But too often believers, they want to do everything by themselves. They don't want fellowship. They don't want to connect. They don't want to be a part of community. They want to be on their own. They want to be private. And the Bible says differently. Write this down. It says, uh, revival looks like family. I love that. Everybody say family. Family. There's a difference between signs, wonders, and miracles and a culture of revival. In other words, we can say, wow, look, at someone just rose from the dead. We're in revival. But if then you guys and us, we start arguing and we're divided and we're hating on each other and we're gossiping, that ain't revival. That was just a miracle. True revival is that we love each other. True revival is when you're hurting, I'm hurting. 
True revival is if you're sick, it should get me upset because I want you healed. Are you hearing me? True revival is the transformation of the heart. Everybody say the heart. So watch this. We should have a culture that when people come into the church, they see marriage and they say, oh, that's what marriage looks like. We should have a culture that when people see us do family, they say, oh, that's what family looks like. We should have a church that when we worship, people say, oh, that's what worship is like. Worship is about getting loose, about being passionate, about being. Someone say amen. Amen. So when people see your life, they should say, oh, that's what Christianity looks like. Question. When you leave this church, if somebody sees you, can they say, that's what church looks like? If you look just the same as somebody who doesn't follow Christ, when they see you, they're going to be like, that's cool. I don't need to go to church. You ready to do what I do? I'm just, hey, hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, though. I'm just saying, though. We don't like to hear that because we still want to be cool and trending but be Christ-like. We want to be trending, but the Bible says, what does light have to do with darkness? See, either it's dark or it's lit. (laughs) You turn off the lights and it's dark. There's no in-between in God. He says, I switch it on or off. There ain't no gray area for me. And nowadays, Christians believe they can go to church and live the double life. And the problem with that is when they see you, they don't see revival. So they're like, you're like, yo, come to my church. Why do I need to go to church? You talk just like me. Why do I need to go to church? You listen to the same music I listen to. I can do church right here in the club. I'll do church right here in my house. That's why many people won't come to church. Because when they see us, we show them a different gospel. That's not revival. Yo, you need to come to my church. My church is lit. Yo, my pastors, yo, be, you know, dressing. No, they don't care. Until they don't see you for real. That's deep. You want to add something to that, baby? Go ahead. Keep going. All right. All right. You're going to do the first point now, right? So what's the point that I'm trying to say with you guys now? The point that I'm trying to say is when people see you, do you look different? Do you talk different? Do you think different? Do you believe different? Are you salt? I'm not talking about religious. You see? There's people that, there's another extreme. Hallelujah! No, no, I'm not talking about shouting in the middle at work. (laughs) I mean, praise God. If God gives it to you, amen, you got the grace and the favor, all right. Whatever. Yeah, do your thing. But I'm talking about not being religious, being down to earth, being relatable, connectable, where somebody can be like, yo, this is not a freak or an alien. This is someone just like me, yet they got God on their side. When they have a problem, they don't curse. When they got pressure, they ain't, they ain't retaliating. They're walking in love. They forgive. When they make mistakes, they let go. When they're, Are you hearing what I'm saying? I see something different. So everybody say revival is family. Say revival is culture. culture. Say revival, revival. is community. community. When people come to church, they should be like, yo, that's what it looks like to be a single man. Being holy. Get waiting for a wife. 
preparing their spirit and their soul and their body. That's what it looks like. All right. So, having understood that, I want you to write this down. What are four things that build connection? Everybody say connection. Why are we talking about this today? Because we're in the vision month. The first week we talked about the kingdom culture. The second week we talked about loving souls. Today we're talking about connect. So, number one, what is the first key point about connection? Go ahead, baby. Number one, community has to be intentional, which means you intentionally have to reach out to somebody, intentionally have to see how they are doing, intentionally. So you have the heart because you care. God has given you the compassion for that person. Like Pastor says, when somebody's sick, you feel their sickness. It gets you upset when you hear that they're sick and you want their wellness, right? Somebody, let's say somebody here has somebody sick in their family. How do you feel as a member of that family with that member being sick? How do you feel? Upset? Frustrated? Sad? Disappointed? I don't know about you, but I have had numerous family members that are sick. And until you don't know what it's like to be in those shoes, it's kind of hard to relate. But because I'm intentional, I'm going to imagine myself to be in those shoes to say, I don't have a sick mom, but you do. I'm going to put myself in your shoes and say, wow, what must it feel like to have a sick mom? What about what an example of last night? Last night we were ministering to almost one in the morning in our house. A couple came, and what we're preaching to you right now, we're living it. So this person opens their heart. I'm going to keep their, their, their things private. But they open their heart, and when they open their heart, they start weeping in our, in, in our kitchen area. And my wife shared a similar experience that this person had. And when, this, when my wife shares it, she starts weeping. She felt this person's pain. That's community. Because, see, if you, if you slam your toe, ah, your whole body feels it. And if people are hurting and dying and sick and lost, it should hurt us as well. Otherwise, we are not a body. We're not community. Amen. Amen. Number two, time or life to fulfill can prohibit community. So being consumed with your schedule at work or school can prohibit you from completing or fulfilling that area of community. Number three, when you have the community, you exchange life with each other. I love that. Number four, if you value community, you will do it. So basically what it's saying is, write this down. The first point is to build community, you have to be intentional. So in other words, I want to go visit their house. I want to intentionally spend time with them. Why? Because I want to get to know them. I want to make space to connect with them. Because until I don't connect, there's not transformation. Until you don't connect with God, there's no transformation. Are you hearing me? So to build community, you got to make space. Say make space. Make space. So they're like here in the church, we'll come and people will leave the church quickly. That's not intentional. Intentionally, we need to get to know one another. Why did last year we visit 200 families? Why did we visit 200 families? Because intentionally, we want to connect with people. 
Can you say amen? Amen. Why? Because where you connect, you exchange life. Jesus said, hey, if anybody, I'm going to knock on the door of your heart. If anybody opens their heart and lets me come in, I will come in and we will eat together. Jesus wants to eat with you. He wants to exchange life with you. But you got to make space in your day to spend time with God. And supernatural culture is about an intention to connect with the community. Amen. And one of the things that he's saying is we do vis- we have visited, but it doesn't start with us and end with us. Right. It starts with us and it begins to flow through the Come body on, of Christ, the house, the sons, the daughters, those that identify with this culture that they as well can intentionally go and visit. It, you don't depend on the pastors to open the door, to open the service, to worship, to do this, to, to do that. And then and then what? This is, we believe in lifting up and edifying each and every single one of your callings. No matter your age, Amen. no matter your race, no matter your language, no matter your capabilities, if you're educated, if you're Amen. not educated, it doesn't matter. And so not only are we intentional, but this is a culture that accepts is when the moment you come into God, the presence of God, the Lord says, come as you are. So this is also a culture that does not judge. This is a culture as come well on, does baby. not hold the finger and point and come say, on. Oh, but look how she's dressed. And oh, look at what he, the bad word that just came out of his mouth. So what? Because love covers all. Come on. And love confronts with love. It doesn't give us the right to scream and to confront and to hold against the wall. I don't know what upbringing you've had at church. Maybe you're new to church. But supernatural culture is a different culture. So if you're trying to compare this culture to another church, you're going to get it wrong. Because this is a kingdom church. This church fears God. And that's why we're so big on conserving that culture. We want to edify and educate our people to be intentional, to love with grace. Amen. Amen. Now, here's an important thing. Everybody say family. Family. Here's, a big, here's an important question. Who here has a perfect family? Nobody. <laughs> Who has, let me see, raise your hand. Perfect family, perfect marriage. You got perfect one per, that, there's always no, not one person in that family. That gotta... no, nobody fights. <laughs> We're the first one to tell you we do not have a perfect family. <laughs> we do not have a perfect marriage. We do not have perfect kids. Nope. We're the first ones to tell you that. But here, oh my goodness, you mean Kool-Aid doesn't come out of your faucet? You mean you all go to the toilet too? Uh, yeah, all right? We as well have to forgive each other when we have moments that are like, we don't agree. And we have to love each other through it and forgive each other through it and communicate with each other. That's my point number two. In order to have connection, you need to be vulnerable. Watch this. One day God told me, when you be real with me, he didn't say it in, the, in those terms. He said, I'm speaking in my, in my hood terms, you know what I mean? When you be real with me, I'm going to be real with you. You know what he was telling me? Transparency brings transformation. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Y'all got to help me preach up in here. Say yes. So, the more transparent you are with him, the more you are set free. You, let, me, let me give you a little, a little footnote. You can't hide nothing from God. He knows it all. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what you're thinking late at night when you're in your bed, on your pillow, watching TV, on the internet, on your phone, in your social media. 
He knows it all. All he wants, he doesn't want you to be perfect. You'll never be perfect. He wants you to be real. He wants you to be like, yo, God, I'm struggling today, man. I'm tempted for real. I don't know how. I need your help. Please help me. Yo, I slipped up. My Lord, my goodness, Father, forgive me. What am I doing? Be real. Be transparent. Say how it is. If you got an, an issue, and see, what do we Christians do? We do the Adam syndrome. We hide. We cover. We lie. We fake. Oh, where are you, Adam? I, I don't know. I just, I was afraid you are going to see me naked. What was he saying? I'm afraid to be vulnerable with you, God. I was vulnerable with you before. Why? Love knows no fear. Love doesn't look at self. Love does not fear man. Love does not judge. Love does not look at its own faults. But as soon as fear comes in, it's all about me. Fear is the root of pride. I'm prideful because I'm only thinking about myself. But God says, hey, shift your attention from you and become vulnerable with me. What does it mean to be vulnerable with God? Yo, let me just, I'm open up. You know what worship is? It's to be vulnerable with God. Why do you see this man over here, someone else, broken in tears right here in worship? And you see someone over here just straight up, you know, just like whatever. I'm going to tell you why. That man's becoming vulnerable. That man is opening their heart and saying, I'm weak, God. I've fallen. I've messed up. I need your grace. I need your love. Please, Lord, fill me again. I need you. I, don't, I haven't felt your presence in over a week. I haven't felt it in months and years. I need a fresh touch from you. I need you to change my heart. Being vulnerable. That's what the Holy Ghost wants. Amen. Uh, one time, um, I was in my room. I was single, and I was going through a lot. It was like, you know, you go through something, but it's not just one thing. You can like pinpoint like five <laughs> or six or seven things all at once. And I just remember... I was at a dry place because of all of the turmoil, and my attitude was wrong, but I was transparent, and I was real, and I knew I had to do what I should do, which was pray and seek God, and in my hour that I separated to do that, I was already disciplined enough, I was at a point in my spiritual life where I was strong in that, but I straight up told God, I don't feel like praying, and I said it so raw and like so upset it felt good <laughs> felt almost too good actually i was just being straight up and i was like but i felt in that moment of being so so raw god appreciated my transparency my vulnerability and that at, at the bottom of it all I was being who i was i was being true to me i wasn't faking it I wasn't cagging it. I wasn't covering it up. I wasn't masking it up. I wasn't like, oh, I got this, and I'm going to pray because we've been there, done that. And what result has that given us, right? So the more transparent and vulnerable we become to God is the more room we make for God to move in our lives, Come period. Come on. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Write this down. It, it, it says, when you have to lay down your guard, it's a greater risk than praying for a miracle. I really like that. Let me say it again. When you have to, when you lower your guard, it's a greater risk than even praying for a miracle. Let me give you an example. Let's say you, 
you know, you're going to go to your boss and you're going to ask him for a raise. How many believe that's a big risk? You might get fired, might, you know, do whatever. But guess what? When you lower your guard to be vulnerable with someone, it's a higher risk. Because you're risking if that person's going to hurt you or not. And the majority of people are, being, are afraid of being hurt. So they don't become vulnerable. And the reason, and when we don't become vulnerable, we don't connect. If I don't know your heart, I can't connect with you. If we don't know each other's heart, and see, I've taught my sons in the house, yo, be accountable, share your heart. Why? Because that protects you. And what do many of them do? Yeah, 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 pastor, yeah, yeah, pastor. But I know my spirit when they're being accountable or not. <laughs> I know my spirit when something's up or not. And I'm just as a father waiting for them to come and open up. Yeah. See? And they don't realize that when you open up, you set yourself free. You heal your heart. You deliver your life. What the devil wants is for you to keep that struggle quiet. Oh, no, no. Let me come, let me come over here. Let me talk over here. What he wants is for you to keep that issue in darkness. Because the only one that operates in darkness is D.E. V-I-L. He's going to control you. You say, I'm afraid. I'm bound. I'm, af I'm afraid of telling someone. You don't realize in the moment you open up, you're going to break. That's what happened last night with this person on our kitchen table. We're about to go already after almost like an hour and a half, two hours of just, the, you know, pouring into the. And the person says, just one more thing. I want to share my heart. In the moment he became vulnerable. God began to heal him and deliver him in our kitchen table. He became vulnerable. He said, I just want to share my heart. And might I add something that he was dealing with for many years. In one moment, God met him because of his vulnerability. Years. 15 years holding that in his heart. 15 years. And the Holy Spirit healed him, delivered him. In one moment, you know why? He became vulnerable. I told him this same principle. I said, if we're not vulnerable with each other, there's no connection. And for, to have revival, you got to be vulnerable with God, vulnerable with each other, and vulnerable in the community. Can you say amen? This brings me compassion. This brings me love. Because if only you guys knew, some of you are struggling and going through things, and you feel like, you can't open up with nobody. And the Bible says if you confess your sins one to another, you will be healed. It's in your confession. It's when you release your heart. It's when you're real. It's when you're honest. Say, I have a problem. I'm hurting. I have unforgiveness. I have resentment. I need healing. When you open your heart, then the Holy Ghost starts to work in your heart, starts to bring healing. You become accountable. You become vulnerable. Write this down. Religion makes things complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. As long as you're vulnerable and transparent, God can work with you. You don't have to step one to then step two to then step three. It's simple. How, how do we make this practical? Like within this community, how many of you have a relationship with each other? How many of you connect outside of church? See, community is not just on Sunday. This needs to become a family through the gym, a family. Right now, we're going to open up our small groups in about a week or two. You should connect to one of those small groups. Right now, we're going to launch small groups, and we're going to, listen to me, we're about to launch 
mentors in the church. This is a, the church is about to go to a whole new phase. See, it's impossible for my wife and I to pastor 200 people by ourselves. But now in mentors, you can have someone at a personal level visit you at your home, open your heart, pray with them. You need connection. You need community. You need family. You need vulnerability. You need relationship. You need someone that can be able to tell you you're wrong. Someone that can be able to go when you're in the hospital and pray for you. Someone that when you're struggling say, I still believe in you. I still love you. I'm not going to give up on your calling, on your purpose. We need to build a community here in supernatural culture. A community beyond the pulpit. A community beyond the preaching. A community that says, yo, this is more than church. This is my family. And the beauty about family is, listen, you're never going to find us perfect. I'm never going to sit here and be like, yo, I'm this man of God and I'm like a superhero. No, I don't want that. I want to be vulnerable to you so you can be like, yo, I can be like pastor. You know, I can be like pastora. Yo, if they make mistakes and God forgives them and God still uses them, God can do it with me too. If they're human just like me and they're believing, why do you think I'm vulnerable with the church? Last week I let you guys know where we're at financially as a church. Another pastor may be like, yo, we, 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 we're doing straight. We're riding and dying, you know what I mean? No, I need to be real, crystal clear. Speak it how it is. Because when I'm real, I connect my heart with yours. And here's another thing. When you're vulnerable, you build trust. Right, that's a good one. When you're vulnerable, people be like, I can trust him. I can trust her. And vice versa. See, I can't trust somebody that's not vulnerable with me because I don't know what you're really thinking. I don't know what's really in your heart. You say you love me, but I don't know you because you're afraid of opening up. We're not connected. And it can't just be one-way stream. Right. Because then that's where there's no flow, there's no connection, there's no exchange. You just know one side of the story but not the other. And some people are not vulnerable because they were hurt when they were vulnerable. That's a big one. But just because you are hurt, don't let that destroy your vulnerability because you're, ooh, you're only as free as you're vulnerable. There are dimensions to freedom. And here's another thing, Pastor, but I can't just open up to anybody. Then find a person you can feel you can trust that you can open your heart to, from your pastors to a leader in the church. Can you say amen, church? Amen. You don't know how many, listen to me, you don't know how many pastors my wife and I have restored in the world. There are people that are on television today that we've ministered to them, to their kids, have fallen in sin. And here's the beauty, and this is what I absolutely love, and I give God all of the glory. Out of this mouth, it never has come out. Out of her mouth, it has never come out. Because we guard people's privacy. And that's something that's missing in the church. Is people feel they can't open up because everybody's going to know their junk. Yeah. But when people feel safe, it's a place for healing, restoration, deliverance. Number three, I like this one. If we're going to build a revival culture, we have to be authentic. Authentic. What does that mean? You have to be yourself. Stop comparing yourself with everybody else. Love who you are. 
Accept who you are. Believe in who you are. Believe who God has called you to be. Be free to be yourself. Be free. Why do you think I roll on the floor and flip and run and, and I love you, God, and I do all my nonsense and craziness? It's just who I am. I cannot be fake. I can't be this, you know, robotic type of believer. I can't. It's not who I am. I'm not. That, it's just. It's who I am. I got to roll. I got to shout. I got to jump. I got to flip. I got to preach. I got to get loose. It's who I am. Can you shout amen? Amen. Be yourself. There's nothing uglier. Fake knows fake. Wow. When you see fake, you be like, that's fake. Fake to the 10th degree. Just fake. You, you know, the Bible, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, you can see fakeness in the face of people. You know why? Because the eyes are the window of the soul. You see somebody smiling, but you see fake right through them. You know why? There's a mask. There's no vulnerability. Be authentic. Be real. You want to add to when that? When you're baby? authentic, you let things flow naturally. When you're authentic. Authentic. authentic, just because you love people doesn't mean you have to be with them 24-7. Yeah, that's a good one. Just because we're family doesn't mean you need, you need your time with your family as well. You need your time. By the way, married couples, relationships, you need time with each other, not just with the kids. You need to be alone. You need to build relationship. Like, go do your thing. All of you that are married up in here, do your thing in the name of Jesus. Please do your thing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Stop battling with who you are and embrace who God created. Wow. I don't like my nose. It's too small. I don't like my ears. It's too, I look like a satellite pastor. I can hear everything from Cuba (laughs) from here because of my ears. (laughs) Pastor, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm too short, pastor. You know, I'm going to have to wear high heels to be able to marry a woman that I like. The devil is a liar. You need to go create some boots, some high boots, and just, you know, you know, make your own man boots, you know, instead of high heels, make some man. I'm going to get married because I know who I am. I don't, need to t- I don't need anybody to tell me who I am. I know who I am. Embrace who you are. Love who you are. Allow God to form who you are. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> Yo, if, you, if your girl is taller than you, you're straight up, man. I'm walking like Julius Caesar up in here. I'm her daddy and what? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Authenticity produces high level of trust. You can tell when someone is hiding. Oh, I like this one. I love this one. When you're authentic, even when you make mistakes, people will see your heart. I love that. I love that. Because if you see me make a mistake, but you knew my intention was right, you can love me through it. That's the context. That's the connection. Can you say amen, church? Because you're authentic, it's like an insurance policy. It covers you. Mm. So even when you do make a mistake, because people see your heart, they know who you really are. So they'll say, well, what, it came out wrong. That wasn't her intention. And the grace will cover. Amen. Number four, last one. Community is about everybody taking their place. I like that one. Community is about everybody taking their place. What does that mean? Where do you belong in this community? Where do you belong in this community? Where do you belong in this house? Where do you belong in this family, in this church? Oh, write this down. This is important. When someone takes their place, it strengthens the community and the family. 
See, why? We shouldn't have, right now we have a need for people in the welcome team. What happens when somebody doesn't take their place? There are people in here right now that are not serving yet in the community and the family. And you don't realize that if you just connected and became a part of the community of the house, you would help strengthen the church and you would become stronger. Amen. Come on, if, if I strengthen my legs, my whole body gets stronger. You can ask Samir about that. If you strengthen your core, your whole body's strong. One of the first things that happened, one, one of the best, purest workouts is the squat. Because the squat works the legs, the back, it works the core. And when the core is strong, your whole body aligns. Are you hearing me? We need to continue. Who, who, who are you in supernatural culture? What are your gifts? What are your passions? What are your grace? Become a part of this community. Don't just come on Sunday. Connect with the family. Connect with this revival. Are you hearing me? Connect. Become a part of the revival. Become a walking revival. You are a part of this community. You are a part of this house. It doesn't matter what your gift or your call is. If you're an artist, if you're a, a, a worshiper, if you're a businessman, if you're an actor, God has some actors here in the house, and we're going to pray for God to raise them up. What are some films that your children have been in? You said some Marvel films? The, the, more, the what? The Immortal Life of Henry Head X, whatever, I'm speaking in tongues with that. <laughs> with the Oprah Winfrey. So her kids have done, her kids are more famous than even them, but they love and they have a passion for acting. They've been coming to the house, and guess what? We're loving them. We're pouring into them. They need our love. They need community. They need family. They need to know they're not alone. They need to know we believe in them. They need to know they're welcome here. It doesn't matter what they've gone through. That's the beauty about a community that loves each other, that accepts people just the way they are as family. Are you hearing me? That loves each other. The when culture, people come into the church. The culture becomes the solution because when the people are connected and people are walking in vulnerability they walk in trust they walk in intentional relationship you start to see things that others don't see and because you have a pure on, heart baby. you're not going to be like oh man this is out of place and oh this is ugly there no you become the solution you say Come you know on. what I'm going to go fill in the gap here and I'm going to go love that person there right. you become the culture because the, when you become part of the community you become responsible you feel the burden to say, you know what? I'm important here. On, I'm value here. I'm going to make a difference here. God matters to me and what I carry is important to the community. So the beautiful thing about community and culture of this church is that whatever your gift is, is valued. Yes. Whatever God has put in your heart to do. Oh, pastor, I'm not a preacher. I don't teach. In fact, I don't know the word, but what I'm good at, I I'm good at doing this and I'm good at doing that. We value the little small details that maybe before they were disregarded or they were X'd out or say, no, but because you don't do this or you don't fit in the mold, you can't do that. This That's not the culture. The culture is one that accepts that honors and that values. And that's what I wanted to say as well is that maybe you're not, your grace is not with people. Maybe your grace is not, you know, setting up chairs. Maybe your grace, whatever it is that your grace is, we accept you and we need your help. This is not just a little cute message. This is a call to action. You want to see change in your life? Commit to God so God can commit to you. Yes. And it starts with opening the door. And it starts with seeing the gaps. And it starts with saying, oh, this is out of place. But before I go get somebody to go fit it up, let me go do it myself. My God, so that when 
amazing place, but little did they know that something was out of place, but because you took the initiative to fix come it, on, they come and they say, what an amazing house. I feel so loved. But little do they know that it was your smile, that it was your hand gesture, that it was your step, that you came in no matter what you look like, no matter where you come from. on HBO. He's one, I mean, I, I, I never watched it because, you know, but, but on one of those shows, you see this 6'7", his name is Jerome, and he's there next to the rock and whatever, he shows me a little clip, and God gave him so much favor, he won LeBron James to Christ, he won Dwayne Wade to Christ, he won Chris Bosh to Christ, he's won people, he's been with our people before Muhammad Ali died, he's ministered to him, he's ministered to all these celebrities you would never even think that have come to Christ through a man, and it was one person that God used to prophesy and connect destiny into their hearts and to their life, and now this man is getting contracts with Hollywood, and you know what he told me? He told me, Pastor, it never fails. Every single 100% of the time, the contracts that I get from Hollywood happen when I'm in small group. Every time I get a new contract, I show up on Wednesday night and I get an email. 
there's a new opening for a new movie. There's a new opening for this movie. It happens when he's connected to God, connected to family, connected, serving in the house, connected. Why? When we connect, we're greater. When we connect, we're complete. When we connect, we exchange life. When we connect, we empower each other. When we connect, God brings the best out of us. We were never designed to run alone, to live alone. There is a study, I'm about to close. There's this study that was done with 10 military soldiers. They brought the soldiers up and they began to study the brain. And they found that the brain has a chemical that triggers a like me, like me, like me not. So whenever you're around someone, your brain triggers, I like, likes me, or likes me not. Automatically, your brain triggers that. It's a chemical released in the brain. So they put these 10 men together, and when they saw the brain, these military men had like me not, like me not, like me not. There was no connection with each other. You know what they did? They brought a survey, and they started asking them, have you been to Disney World? What was your relationship like with your father? In the moment they started to open up, the brain started to trigger the like me chemicals. And they began to connect with themselves, with those around them, and with the questions. The body began to release something called the oxytocin. It's the feel good, bonding, connecting chemical. When someone has intimacy, that's what the body releases. When you connect with a brother, you release that. You, you, you connect spiritually and even physically, mentally. There's been times where I've intentionally tried to connect with people and it was, it's been so challenging because they're so closed and they're not open to it. And I'm here like, hi and welcome and how are you? And, and I find out that in the moment that I become vulnerable, and transparent, there's a switch in their face. There's a switch in their look. It's like they realize, wait a minute, this is getting real. Wait a minute, this is serious. Wait a minute, her intentions are to get to know me and that's when their guard starts to lower. And so that thing that's so important that even when you try and you see no response, don't give up. There is always hope. God will give the right word at the right time, the right feeling, the right emotion, the right trigger point to that person's heart so that they can begin to open up. All right, we're going to do a few things really quickly. Number one, stand to your feet. Number one, if there's anybody here, by the way, we're going to do baptisms in the next service. If there's anybody here, close your eyes you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to surrender your life to Christ, if there is sin in your life and you want to repent, you want to ask for forgiveness, you want God to cleanse you, to forgive you, if you say, Pastor, I want to make sure that if I died, my home would be heaven, not hell. I want to make sure my name's written in the book of life. I want to make sure that my life is right with my heavenly Father. I want to repent. I want to turn from sin. I want God to wash me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. If that's you, at the count of three, lift up your hands. One, two, three. Lift up your hands if there's anybody here. Lift up your hands. 
God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Amen, 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 amen. The church, come on, connect with them. Rejoice. When somebody's getting saved, you connect with them. You rejoice. I want you to come over here to the front. Those of you that lifted up your hands, come over here to the front. Right here, ushers, if you can organize it over here, ushers. Organize it over here, please. church to extend your hands over here is there anybody else that wants to surrender their life to Christ for the first time or to reconcile come back to Jesus get your life right with the Lord come right now quickly quickly anybody else anybody else lift up your hands I want the church to pray out loud this prayer with us say with me father father today today I confess I confess my wrongdoing my wrongdoing my sins that have hurt, have hurt my life, my, life, my, family, my family, my loved ones. My loved ones. Forgive, me Forgive me for hurting myself, for hurting, myself, for hurting, you, for hurting you, and for hurting those I love. Hurting those that I love. Forgive, me Forgive me for holding grudges, for holding grudges resentment, resentment, hurt. Against others. against others. Right now, Lord, right now, Lord I, forgive I forgive those that have hurt me, those that have hurt with, their words, me with their words, with their actions, actions like you forgive me. Like you forgive me. Forgive me, forgive me for, judging others. for judging others. You don't judge me. You don't judge you me. Love me. You love me. Even with my sins. Even with my sins. And right now, right now I, receive I receive Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ as, my Lord. as my Lord. I believe, I believe the Father. Raise you from the dead. Wash my heart. Wash my body. Clean my life. Clean my life. Write my name. Write my in, name. The in the book of life. Heal me. Heal me. Deliver me. Deliver me. Restore me. Restore me. Set me free. Set me free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I reconnect to you. I reconnect to you. And to those around me. To those around me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give a hand to Jesus today.